Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 36. Today, Jonathan and I have Dustin Hartzler on. And Jonathan, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, well, we're going to talk, um, Dustin, about, you know, his past career, how he got into WordPress, um, how did he end up working for Automatic. And then we're going on to... Dustin did a a lot of podcasts about page builders and about um, the the dreaded competition in some way. And we're just going to have a good talk about Squarespace, Wix, Wibbly, maybe also Rainmaker. See if Dustin's got any thoughts about Rainmaker. And just have a a broad sweep because his podcasts were better than mine, actually, or ours, Bill. Oh, yeah, he's number one. He's the like, another one. He actually, he actually had the insights, Bill. I'm not sure about my, I'm not sure about my insight, Bill. But I, I did my best last week, didn't I, Bill? Right, right, right. Just yeah. by inch to cinch. We'll get there someday. Right. So, Dustin, how did you get into the crazy world of WordPress? Wow, this takes me a journey back to like 2009 ish. I was a few years before that. I learned how to build word, or I learned how to build websites with Microsoft Front Page. Woohoo! Like that's how I got my start into websites. And I think the biggest challenge I was having when building websites was I was perfectly fine, like um, figuring out the structure of building a website and making everything very easy for me to build it, for it to expand. So like I could build all the. Um, all the pages and menus and stuff that I knew that I would need, but it was the dynamicness of building menus that really got me hooked into WordPress because of the fact that, you know, you build this whole site, it's a hundred pages and then a client comes and it's like, Oh, can you add one more menu item? We forgot one. And then to go back and have to edit all those files and stuff, it was a complete pain. And so when I figured out that you could do this with WordPress and before, like when I first got started with WordPress, the custom menus weren't there like the drag and drop menus, but you still could dynamically create them, which was really, really nice. So that was super helpful. And that was probably how I got my start. Like that's how I got connected to WordPress and, and started using it because of the ease of building menus and adding new pages. So was you doing this as a full-time gig or was, it, or was this a kind of part-time gig and you had a full-time job as well? Yeah, it was a part-time gig for a while. So I I graduated from college in 2007, and then I was a corporate engineer at WordPress or at, at Whirlpool. So I was a corporate engineer at Whirlpool, and I was doing this kind of on the side, and I was listening to a lot of other podcasts, and like people were were sharing about how they were making all this money online. They were having their own businesses and things like that. And I was like, well, I can totally do that. And so I worked for three and a half years as an engineer and kind of on the side, I was building um, websites for friends. Like I had a guy who was a, a friend of mine who ran for county commissioner and I built him a website and I built that with WordPress and it took me nine times longer than it should have because I was just learning WordPress. <laughs> but I experienced a lot of just great information and and learning by trying to figure this out with WordPress. And then from there, I just continued to get better and better at it. And eventually in 2010, I left my corporate gig and we moved to Dayton, Ohio. And then I started my own WordPress development business and I still knew very, very little about WordPress. Yeah, so, wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's an amazing story. Yeah, it's, it's I don't not, feel so bad, Jonathan. Well, it's not uncommon, actually. It's um, you get you get some. I don't know if you agree with this, Dustin. It's a very diverse pathway. You know, you get you get some people that come from a um, the kind of um, book 
publishing design background you get others that come from a very traditional um computer science background and then you get people like a lot of people that have got a more kind of untraditional pathway into wordpress actually that's why one of the things i like about it dustin is that you meet a lot of really interesting people don't you mm-hmm. apart exactly. from this Apart from this English geezer. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm uh, Jonathan. Yeah, I'm not too sure how interested I am. Um, you, you, are you going to refuse to laugh at my jokes, Dustin? Or are they not? Uh, they haven't uh, been funny enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> See, we, we laugh at that. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's so English. <laughs> it's inside um, humor. So uh, get on to automatic. So, um, you know, what's the good? You know, give us a couple of good things about working for automatic. Can you, if I dare you, dare you? Can you name a couple of things that are not so great about working for automatic, or are they going to sack you? Or they, to- no, 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 they won't sack me for that. So I think I should continue on my journey just a little bit and explain that. So after working it as an engineer for three and a half years, and then I had my own business for three and a half years, and I built websites for people, mostly small businesses. Most of them were, I mean, I had a lot of people who were building a website as a personal brand. They wanted something up for their business, you know, whatever it was. And I was taking WordPress themes. I was purchasing them and customizing them and making them what they needed to be. And so after a few years of that, and of course I was doing my podcast all at the same time, um, when that happened, um, I really got into, I got really interested in answering people's questions about WordPress because they were so random and they were so like intriguing, like, oh, I don't know. I've never thought of that before, but I'm sure WordPress can do that. So then I would spend hours like digging into it and trying to figure it out. And like that became my joy and my passion for a while. And when somebody said, oh, you know, like I'd have a project for a $2,000 website and it's like, I don't really even feel like doing that. Like I'd rather just help people. And that's kind of when I was listening to another podcast and was talking to different, you know, was talking to somebody that worked at Automatic and I was like, I should really check out this Automatic thing. So I signed online, I looked at their work with us page and I was like, man, this sounds like a dream come true. This is like a perfect company for me, even though I vowed that I'd never work for anyone ever again. Uh, Yeah. yeah, So it turned out I applied and it was quite a tedious process to get in. There was back and forth a few interviews. I had a small project to do. I had to work for six weeks under a contractor license um, to make sure that I was a good fit for the company and the company was a good fit for me. And then finally got hired on in December of 2013. So um, I just hit my 16-month milestone. I know that because um, one of the benefits of working at Automatic is every 16 months we get a brand new computer. Um, they just make sure that the computer is the most useful tool. I mean, it's what we use every single day. I mean, we clock 8 to 10 hours every day on it. So we m- want to make sure that we've got the, the nicest machines so out there. What so what does Automatic recommend for a computer? Um, you can purchase anything that you want, wow. but I would say 99% of the company is all Macs. We basically can go to the Mac store and screenshot what we'll put stuff in the cart that we need or what configuration that we want and then screenshot it and then they buy it through our corporate store. So I'm actually like I, waiting for a computer right now. One is my wife's is coming today and then mine's coming tomorrow. So just happened that hers was at an upgrade time about the same time as I needed one. So I'm like, well, we'll just put, let's get new computers this week. So, so what do you um, get? What kind of Mac? So I got the, right now I'm using a 15-inch MacBook Pro with Retina screen, mm-hmm. and I decided this time around I'm going to go down to a 13-inch, mm-hmm. um, mainly because the most of the, I mean, I do 90, probably 95% of my work is all done 
with a, um, it's, it's all done connected to a Thunderbolt monitor. And so there's no real reason for me to have a, uh, it's no reason, like I don't really need a big screen. So I went with the, I pretty much configured one of the nicest 13 inch Macs that's out there, or it's, you know, I ramped up the RAM and maybe 512 hard drive or something, but you know, it's just kind of one of the middle midline Macs. So I'm, I'm going with a 13 inch. I really wanted to pull the trigger and get that new 12 book, 12 inch MacBook that just came out, but you can't use an external display with it and it doesn't have a very strong processor. So I, yeah. I opted for maybe the next time around in 16 months, maybe I'll get that one. Which, so, chip, did you, which chip did you get? I uh, I think it's the i5, okay. i7, whatever. I mean, whatever the newest thing is. That I just got one of the newest ones that was just revamped, you know, right. at that last MacBook. Shall, uh, shall we rename the episode the uh, <laughs> Mac Weekly Podcast, no. Bill? Yeah, something like you know, that. You know, I'm going to ask Dustin. Hopefully, Dustin, I have a podcast alley, and I was going to invite you to be on it in MX. Uh, my one interview, I get it live at NMX. So if we can make yeah. it, we'll talk about yeah. your, we bring your MacBook. Right, yeah, we'll so... So get on to the good points. What's get the good the point? Question. Yeah, I'm finally getting to the question part. Yeah. Um, so some of the benefits that I have at working at Automatic is that the, the job and the work is extremely flexible. Like, I mean, this is probably one of the main reasons that I wanted to try working at Automatic because we have a one-year-old daughter now. We were expecting when I got, when I got hired, and so I didn't want to have to try to be you know, finding clients and then juggling client projects and, you know, doing all that type of thing. So like I can, if I have to be up in the middle of the night with my daughter, like I can be up in the middle of the night, I can sleep in and then I can work later in the afternoon or the evening. Like I just have a lot of flexibility in the work. Um, it's really fun to be able to work with people from all over the world. So I have my, my team is, there's a team of 12 of us, 13 of us. And we are, we're one of the few teams that everyone is located in North America. All but one is in the United States, one is in Canada, and we just span the four time zones in the U.S. There's other teams that have people over in Europe, they have them in Australia, um, in, uh, India, um, places like that. So that's one of the really cool parts as well. It's pretty neat to be able to get to know people on a kind of a personal level, even though we, we communicate almost exclusively via text. And so like I know today is one of my teammates' birthdays and he's taking off early for the day because it's his birthday and he's going to do whatever he wants on his birthday or whatever. But um, it's kind of fun just to know and get to know people that, that love helping WordPress users as well. All oh, right, that's great. So, what's one of the what's any kind of drawbacks come to your mind? Um, I think the draw one of the drawbacks is that we can work anywhere at any time. Like, I get volunteered a lot to do things around here. Be, my wife volunteers me to do things because oh, Justin, he can work just later. Like, he can be there to do that. He can volunteer in the middle of the day and just pick up and go. And so that's not really like a, a negative with the company per se, but it is. And I know there's other of my coworkers that have said the same thing because we have the flexibility. That means that people will, will count on us and ask us to do things during the day when necessarily like everybody else has to work. Um, so that's one one downfall, which isn't really a downfall. I mean, we pick the hours we want to work. We can, you know, choose wisely. You know, I like to work early in the morning and then I normally have from seven to like today I had from seven to 10 off um, taking care of my daughter. And then I had went and dropped her off at babysitters and then I have to go pick her up here in a little bit. And so I, I worked a little in the morning. I worked some in the afternoon. I'm going to work later in the evening and record a podcast later. And, and so I get to do all of those things. Um, Probably just another challenge is like we don't have 
we don't have one-on-one communication a lot with people. Like we don't actually talk. Um, and this is actually, I mean, it works well for me. Like I'm okay with reading other people's messages via text, but I, you know, like sometimes you lose that sense of, okay, what are they really saying because they're communicating via text versus communicating via audio or video. And we do a lot of this just so it's documented. So if somebody's off for the week, they can come in and they can read the follow-up conversations and they can see what's going on. So I would say once we get to know each other a little bit better, then we can sense their tones. We and and actually, like honestly, when I'm reading people's text messages, like I'm reading them in their voice. Like I, I've, you know, I've had enough conversations with them that I know, hey, um, okay, this is Joel, and I know exactly what Joel sounds like and whatnot. So I think that's kind of cool too. Yeah, um, kind of softball question here. Do you think the way the company's distributed makes it more difficult for somebody that had a disability? to actually work for automatic? I would say no. Um, I think that the distributive force um, would help out tremendously just for the fact that you can work from home, you can work for wherever's convenient for you. Like if you, for example, um, need a screen reader or something like that's going to be something that automatic's going to cover the complete charge for, you know, whatever, like they'll give you the tools that you need to do your job. So I don't think it's a, it's a problem. All right, I just thought I'd throw that through. And um, a bit of a naughty question. If you work for Automatic, could you use the thesis framework? Um, <laughs> Good question. If, if I knew how to use it, then yes, maybe. Yeah, I thought I'd just ask that. Uh, that was a bit cruel, actually, Dustin. But um, right. uh, it's just my... It's just, so um, I think we'll get on to the other thing. Um, we're... You did an extensive piece about this particular subject, Dustin, and we're doing a month on it um, about um, about the dreaded competition. You know, uh, every time I talk about it, I have to wash myself, Dustin. But uh, uh, but it is there, and um, so we're doing um, we're looking at the online competition. Um, and I know you you also did a series about it, and I also looked at Joomla and Drupal. I had done a little bit with Joomla a few years ago, but I, I really think that compared to WordPress, they are both um, quite complicated, and I, I think that was your conclusion about those two yourself. Would you agree with that? Yeah, so... I would say that hands down Joomla is the most complicated thing I've ever used. Like I wanted to give a full review of Joomla and after like 30 minutes after installing it, like I couldn't figure out how to do anything. Like I created pages, but I couldn't get them to the menu. I created menu links, but I couldn't figure out how to like I couldn't figure out how to do a single thing. And so I honestly just pretty much gave up and said, you know, don't even try. Like I mean, <laughs> That was that's honestly my opinion. I ended up doing I think I did a series of eight of these episodes. So I did three self-hosted versions, which was uh, Drupal, Joomla, and Magento. And then so I did those three, and then there was five of the self-hosted ver- or self that were hosted um, solutions that I used. And I think that I mean Joomla was the only one I couldn't do anything at all. Drupal I really had a hard time changing the content like the the css and stuff like that that was just kind of a challenge to me yeah and it was the very first time that i learned how to use drupal anyways and so and i mean it's the same thing with wordpress like it was a complicated process to learn and figure out and now like five six seven years later of using it almost daily like 
you kind of understand and know what it can do and its limitations. When you yeah. turn turn Drupal on for the first time, you're like, I don't know how this is. And they call things different, you know, modules or essentially plugins or extensions or plugins. You know, they all have different names for things, but yeah. essentially they do the same thing. Yeah, there's always a learning curve, but there's learning curves and there's learning curves, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, my, ex- I haven't got any real experience of Drupal. I have tried it out, and um, I, I feel both are definitely um, not for the kind of small business owner in any shape or form. And I think with Word, obviously you've got WordPress org and you've got WordPress dot com. And um, I'm a little bit slack on but on WordPress.com, but um, I've just gone back to the website, and there seems to be a lot of changes going on with WordPress.com. Um, so I'll probably talk about that quickly, but I would like to get on to the kind of hosted solutions because you you spent a lot of time looking at them, and last week we looked at Squarespace. Wix and Weebly, and you looked at a number of of, of the group. What are your overall re, um, insights and reflections about them, and some of their strengths and weaknesses? Sure. And I did this review back in November of 2014, so it's been a little while. So I'll see what I can remember. But I really liked how, and I can't remember which platform it is. Maybe I should pull up my notes so I can look at it. But a lot of these came with. Of the three, I believe most of them, when you signed up and you started with a new theme, they had default content there already. I think that's one of the the limitations of WordPress. Like you go ahead and install, and you have the about or you have the sample page, and you have a comment and a and hello world post. But you don't have like I believe it was Wix. I want to say it was Wix when you signed up and you picked which type of theme that you wanted. So if it was a restaurant theme or a boutique theme or whatever it was, then it had like three or four pages already configured for you. And then you just went in and you added your phone number and your email address and then your content, your copy and stuff like that. And so I think that's where WordPress can can make it a lot easier for people, especially like I work for Automatic, which is the company behind WordPress.com, and we support WordPress.com users. And we get questions in every single day, and we dread them because they're so hard. But how do I configure my theme to make it look like the um, like the example or the demo? And it's, I mean, it's ridiculously hard. Like I was actually doing a review yesterday of there's a new platform out there called Branded.me. And it is a, um, it's one that you can build a personal branding site. So basically you can pull in, you can actually connect it with LinkedIn and it pulls in all your data from LinkedIn and your website's done in like two minutes. It was amazing. Like um, I spent some time tweaking that and customizing that. And I really liked that. And I had like two or three tabs open because I was in the, the branded.me dashboard and I was in the branded.me like front end, which you can edit right on the front end, which is super nice. And then I was trying to do the exact same thing on WordPress.com or, I mean, essentially I could have been doing it on self-hosted WordPress. It just happens that the site that I was building was on WordPress.com. And I had like four or five, six tabs open because I was like in a preview window and then I was looking at a live site and then I was on the dashboard for one thing and then I had the theme template open in another window so I could look at that to see how it was configured. Like, I mean, and I spent two hours yesterday and I wasn't even close to being done yet. And so it, it's just that I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we can take away for WordPress is how can we make themes that much easier to configure and, and 
I mean, a user gets frustrated when they come and they install a theme and it looks nothing like the demo. And then when it takes them hours of hunting and figuring out and contacting support, like just to get it to look like the demo, like we, something needs to be done about that. Personally, that's what I think. Yeah, I understand that. You know, you know, it should look in some way like the demo. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. So, um, I approached. You know, obviously, uh, as a kind of quasar developer, and your 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 past background as a developer, um, I tried to place my mind as a just a small business owner, and um, basically. Um, I um, I found I thought Squarespace was going to be the easiest because in some ways I think it's the in some ways the best. Um, but I think if I was just an average person with just bare computer skills and I went to Squarespace, yeah, the designs are the best, but I actually found the process to be a bit confusing if I try to put myself into that mindset of Joe Blog, small business owner. If I was a marketer or a quasar developer or graphic designer, I'd probably be fine with it. Would you agree with that? That, yeah, it's got its great strength, Squarespace, but it. it but if you're that small business owner, it's probably not the best solution. What, what do you feel? Yeah, I think I can agree with that statement. I think that I felt that Wix was, I was the most impressed with Wix. Like I had no idea it was as, as good as it was. Like I think it does a really good job for, um, for making it easy because like you don't really have much of a dashboard. Like it's all on the front end and you're editing right on the front end and they have different views. So you can look at your website in mobile or via, you know, what it looks like in a tablet and things like that. And, but I do think that Squarespace can be used for, you know, somebody, an average business owner, but I think there's some, some customizations that need a developer's help. I kind of feel the same way about WordPress. Like, I think sometimes it's best to pay somebody to get your website set up, even with WordPress, and then just start. Then, like the yeah. the developer gives them the keys and say, "Okay, this is how you use it, and this is how you manage it." Because you know, in you know, is a business owner going to have to you know once they set their logo, like they're not going to have to do that ever again. And why should they waste their time trying to figure out how to get the logo in the right resolution and the right spacing and you know, like all of those things that really is is a frustrating thing for users and, and business owners when they'll never have to do it again and it really doesn't matter. Like they don't need to know how to do that once it's um, once it's set up. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I totally agree again. And yeah, I um I I thought I wasn't gonna like Wix. I yeah, I didn't that, either. I thought this is gonna and then when it came up I thought this looks this interface looks really cheesy. And this is going to be awful. But actually, as soon as I started using it, the actual interface func- logic and the functionality logic of the application, it, it's actually easier to use than Squarespace, is it not? Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is I, I thought their library, um, their pricing structure is a dog's breath. You know, you got dog's about... Breath. Yeah, you got about six choices, and you got a list of um, choices that are longer than my arm, Justin. I thought that was a little bit of a letdown. If you're not used to that kind of, you know, if you're really a newbie to that kind of um, 
pricing structure and you you see six pricing structures and you don't how how on earth are you going to make the right choice and the other factor was that um on the free which is fair enough and also on the lowest paid you do have to accept advertisement um and i'm not I was, you know, what kind of, you know, it's okay from WordPress.com because it's a, you know, I I, I would totally trust um, Automatic, you know, for their sensibilities. But I'm not sure about a company like Wix, how, you know, what kind of advertisement you're going to get. Right. Um, But it's not that highly priced. So um, I thought we had some really if you're the small business, it is the one that I would lean to. But the only other factor is, I, I think, uh, I think in their library, I just want to see if you think the same. I don't think everything in their library is that greatly designed, and also, I don't think everything is totally responsive, is it? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look into that as super closely as I should have, probably. No, yeah, I the didn't. Wix, the Wix wasn't responsive. I, and- well. If I remember right, right? Yeah, their own site isn't responsive. Yeah, it was pretty actually. bad. It's yeah, really that, bad. which I find Squarespace bit, was, I think. Yeah, Squarespace. Um, what about? Did you look at Weebly at all? I did. Um, I don't remember. Let me pull up Weebly so I can maybe refresh my memory. But also, also really we have about re- five minutes left, so tying it all together in the last five minutes. I would like to hear what you guys are doing at New Media Exposition too. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so Weebly. I think I was. I think that I enjoyed Weebly's experience and I liked, I mean, I think it fit well and I think I was kind of impressed with what it was. I kind of thought it was like a GoDaddy site builder, but in reality, like it does a pretty decent job if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, they they seem to offer an enormous amount of functionality, membership sites, e-commerce, but the other two do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was something about it that, didn't work as well as Wix um, and I I could only put it down to the actual functionality of the editing system mm-hmm. but there was something funny about it would you agree with that as well yeah I would agree with that it just wasn't it didn't seem like it was nearly as polished no that's great so um, I think we quickly um, so what about um, wordpress.com do you um, where do you think in the next year that you know, I'm not asking for any trade secrets or anything, but um, do you think WordPress.com are going are looking at the other competition, and are they going to go take the best bits? What's your feelings? We are constantly looking at the competition and looking at those other platforms and kind of evaluating what they do well and what they don't do well. And, and I mean, we're not copying in any way, shape, or form, but you know, there's always those design reviews where there's a handful of people in the room and just trying to figure out, okay, how can we make this the most easy for our users? And we're trying to like build it so they don't need support. Not that we're trying to get away from support, but you know, we want people to be able to figure out how to do it when by themselves. Like that's the ultimate goal. If, if we've designed it well, it should be able to be configured exactly how the user wants it without ever having to contact support. Yeah, it's a balance, isn't there? Um, especially if you're getting the same support tickets consistently, mm-hmm. that that's the sign that there's probably something fundamentally wrong with either the UX or something with the actual process, isn't it? 
and I suppose that you know that's where you have your meetings and your discussions and you if you can see a clear um, um, pathway or um, that you know that's what the resources has to be aimed at so do you think that well you know you already expressed you know, this you know you get a lot of inquiries you know we want it we want this theme to look like the example is that something that you're that you feel that automatic are going to actively look like so they provide systems where people get uh, a theme that looks like the example um i'm not sure where we're going with that but i know that we want to make it better and easier for our users well, that's very diplomatic. I won't push you. On. I'll push you. I won't push you anymore on that. So, um, we also want to talk about the podcast expo that's coming up. And New Media Exposition. So, off you go, Bill. Uh, no, no. Where, are you going to be on the broadcaster side or the NMX side? I will be in the NMXer side. Okay. Um, WordPress.com has a booth. And I've been there the last couple of years as speakers or as a speaker. And then this year, I completely biffed when it came to the applying to be a speaker. And so I'm just going on behalf of wordpress.com. We've got a booth there. We'll be answering people's questions um, throughout the week. If you have any WordPress questions, um, and it doesn't have to be wordpress.com. It can be any WordPress question. If you have an error message, whatever it is, come find the huge wordpress.com booth and there'll be me and I believe eight others that will be able to help out. And um, just we're giving our time and we're giving back to the community. It's going to be huge this year because it's connected in with the broadcasters. And they'll be wandering back and forth, and it'll be a good, good time. Hey, you've got an open invitation. I've got one 30-minute uh, period of Podcasters Alley. be good to have you on as a guest for Timelines of Success. Yeah, if that works out. I'm not sure exactly what my quote-unquote work schedule looks like while I'm there. Right. Um, but, you know, it'd, but, be good. it'd be good for your business, you know, good for uh, WordPress.com. Yeah, for sure. So. Anyway, we'll see you there, Dustin, for sure. And uh, looking forward. Jonathan, good show. And we will show this, we'll shoot this up uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So it'll be on for the week of uh, NMX. Cool. Oh, thanks, Doug. Um, I think it's given some insights to our user base because they must be looking at these alternatives. But um, just to finish, and I just want to see if you, the only thing apart from Squarespace, and I think I am correct about this, one of the problems, unlike, wordpress.com or wordpress.org apart from squarespace um you are kind of they had most of these systems have no export system so if you if you you're locked in aren't you you're you're locked in big ways Um, if you you use those platforms and you blog for two years every day for two years and got 100 plus blog posts on there you've got to manually copy them and paste them out of there yes um, I, I just I thought I'd just end our interview with that slight um, <laughs> warning. <laughs> for sure, very good. Uh, thanks thanks for coming on, Dustin. Thanks uh, for having me. Appreciate it. This is Bill. Thank you for tuning in to WP Tonic. This has been a really quick edit. Actually, didn't do a whole lot to the edit. It came out pretty well. Tomorrow we head off to New Media Exposition in Las Vegas. Still have a couple more podcasts to edit tonight before we can go to bed. That's uh, Timelines of Success, and we're going to do a Politics of Success edit and get that up. So at New Media Exposition, there'll be three up. Hopefully, we'll, uh, we're going to do one live podcast from the floor of New Media, and hopefully get Dustin on. Well, again, thank you for tuning in, and if you're at New Media Exposition, we'll see you there. <laughs>